Welcome to the LDS Mental Health Podcast. This is a podcast for faithful women who want healing in their relationships, guidance from God, and internal peace. Each week, you'll hear mental health concepts taught through a spiritual lens from me, a licensed clinical mental health counselor, to help you start thinking in a higher and holier way. Welcome. On this episode, I will talk about three things you might be doing that are making your trials worse. You know, the scriptures are really littered with examples of people who have made their trials worse, right? And I bet you can look at other people and think, man, they really are making their life worse for themselves. But I bet you didn't know there are actually three common things that people are doing that are making their trials worse. And as a mental health therapist, people usually come and see me because they're experiencing a trial. And I can usually pinpoint it down to one or all three of these things that people are doing to make their trials worse. So as I go through these, um, all three of them, I want you to think about a trial that you're facing in your life right now, big or small. I want you to keep that trial in mind while you listen today. So identify how many of these things you actually might be doing that could be causing that trial to be intensified or getting worse. Okay. So the first thing that you might be doing to make your trials worse is forcing a certain outcome. Now, it's not bad to want or desire a certain outcome or even pray for it. It's a whole other story to force it to happen. When you get into force of like a forcing state, that outcome is the only one you focus on and anything that doesn't lead to that outcome, you completely discount or ignore because you think it won't get you to where you want to go. This type of focus doesn't allow the spirit to guide you where God knows is best for you. Also, that place might actually be where you want to go, right? And it's exactly where God will take you, but he has a grander way of getting you there than you could imagine for yourself. So when you take charge and say, I know what needs to happen, you might be missing out on the glorious blessings God wants to grant you. The opposite of this is opposite of this is being open to God's will while still having your desires and wishes. This was exemplified by our Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I want to read you what he said when he was going through, I think the biggest trial and agony, a uh, uh, trial of his life was atoning for every sin, sorrow, and burden that every human on the planet ever faced. So this is from Luke 22, 42 through 44, saying, Father, if thou will, thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. This is one of my favorite scriptures to use when I'm teaching mental health skills through a spiritual lens. I'd love to point out that the Savior prayed to his Father in heaven for a different way. He had a desire and a wish, but also open to God's will. This is the place you want to approach a trial from. Then, did you see what happened right after that? He was a pro- right after he approached this with his preference, but not his requirement an angel appeared and strengthened him so that he could finish 
what God knew he needed to do. God had a plan for the Savior, and he helped him accomplish that in a way that was different than what the Savior desired at that time. He was then able to get back to his job more earnestly. What if you could approach trials with a desire and a goal, but be open to God taking you there in an even to it there or an even better place? This is done by learning how to deal with your thoughts when they come, not letting them turn into requirements of how you think this trial should go. So the the second thing that makes your trials worse is believing the trial is happening because you're not good enough. And I see this happen so often with women who I see as clients. They come in saying, well, this wouldn't happen if I was a better mom, a better wife, better at fill in the blank with anything you can think of. A default thought that women often have when life isn't going as planned is I'm not good enough. The reason this is so detrimental is because it isn't helpful in getting to the right source of the problem and often takes you on this major detour that burns you out. The reality is trials are a part of living in this fallen world with fallen bodies and people using their agency unrighteously. Going to that default thought of this trial must be happening because I'm not good enough often leads women to enter what I call the depressor spiral. The spiral of looking for all the evidence that points to that thought being true. All the times you did this or that wrong and being like, yep, that's exactly why that happened. And then jumping right in to try to prove that you are good enough by doing a whole bunch of exhausting things and never feeling satisfied. Then being drained and doing nothing. This is a real big detour to what actually needs to be done with the trial. The reality is, yes, you're not perfect. And yes, you have room for growth. But that trial isn't happening because you aren't good enough. This is the detour that the natural man takes you on so that you don't focus on the real solution which is yoking with Christ and being strengthened for the trial you're experiencing. Trials are opportunities to build a stronger relationship with Christ. If your focus is over on not being good enough, then your focus is not on Christ. Learning to shift out of that natural man state and into yoking with with Christ is what will actually help you with the trial that you're experiencing. All right. The third thing that makes trials worse for you is trying to fix everyone and everything. Now, I get it. Sometimes you're far away enough from the problem and you have this wider perspective and can see what needs to happen to change the outcome. Also, you really might be right in what the solution is, but there is a problem with you coming in and fixing everything usually because it involves taking away someone else's agency. But there is something greater than that. That is the concept that if you are fixing something, then there must also be something broken. When you come in and try to fix things for other people, you assert that they're broken. Now this might seem like, okay, Nikki, (laughs) how do we help people? Well, it's not necessarily that you are helping people, 
It's the state in which you are approaching with your help. Often the fixing comes from a state of not wanting anyone to be feeling any negative emotions. You're wanting everyone and everything just to be okay. The problem with this is that you are coming in with your own agenda of taking away negative emotions from someone else. People are supposed to feel negative emotions while on earth. Negative emotions are the one thing that actually causes you to have a connection with Christ. When you go in and try to take away someone else's negative experiences by fixing everything, you take that opportunity for them to seek after and feel Christ. Now, that doesn't mean to default to an all or nothing mentality and never help anyone. It means that you learn to shift out of your codependent state of needing everyone to feel positive emotions and shift into being a vessel for Christ and learn to offer what he knows they need. You need to remove that roadblock in your mind of you being the one to fix it and become a divine receiver of what Christ knows is best in that situation. Approaching a situation like this will allow them to show up as a representative of Christ with the ability to allow the other person to use their own agency to help themselves and build a stronger relationship with the Savior themselves. All right. If you found yourself identifying with one or more of these things that you're doing to make your trial worse, have no fear (laughs) because you're not alone. First of all, these are all very common things, like I said at the beginning, but you don't have to keep doing them. There are tools that can help you. And in fact, these are the exact tools that I teach in my Removing Roadblocks to Revelation group coaching program. When you join us for this program, you can learn to remove your internal battles that are causing the revelation you need for that trial to be blocked. You can learn four types of mental health skills through a spiritual lens so that you can receive hours back in time and energy, help and peace beyond your own. And I'm a little under a month away from opening the program up. So if you want to be notified when the program opens, there's a link in my show notes and you can get on the wait list so you don't miss out when the program opens. All right. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to the LDS Mental Health Podcast. I hope you were able to find ways of healing, guidance, and peace. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend who would love to start thinking in a higher and holier way as well, or hit that follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. Also, check out the links in my show notes for other episodes you might like and links for other mental health resources on my website.